want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control them? Welcome to the I Need a Minute podcast, part of 10th Year Seniors Network. We have been, I think, uh, for the most part, having the same podcast for the last um, two to three weeks. And the last two to three weeks has just been coronavirus or protests. And I think that there's, it's been difficult to have another topic. Or I feel that every time I listen to a podcast, because this is what we do, that it's forced if you try to talk about anything else. Even if your podcast is themed, um, it's forced. I, I listen to um, a various, like a myriad of podcasts, even like Business Wars or something else. And just listening to it, it seems like I'm missing out on something or I'm being delinquent in the stuff that I'm putting in my brain because who the fuck cares about how Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts fought each other? Who the fuck cares about how Amazon and Walmart went at each other? Who cares about an alien conspiracy? Who cares about on how the world is going to end? Because we're in the third part of the third part of that episode. So I, I just, for me, it's just that there's nothing else you can talk about right now. And I think, well, obviously I have to just based on what I do for a living, I have to try to think of the other stuff because that's, the kind of content I, I have to put it there for work, so I'm forced to try to to try to find the sports and and all of this, right? But for my for my free time, the thing that really drove it home to me that shows that I can't care about this stuff the way I used to before was the story about the NBA coming back, and I really my first thought was me brushing that off, like, wow, they really rushed this to try to distract people. Like I wasn't thinking about how it would impact the team so they want to win. I wasn't thinking about how much I miss the NBA. I wasn't thinking about why we get to watch basketball or how is any of this going to work. All I was thinking of, how is this going to happen within the scope of what's happening in the world right now? And how are we supposed to have the same amount of... How do we care the same amount? Enthusiasm for this. Like, I, I just don't know. Like... I, I, I was wondering, how is it going to fit in? Are these players going to care? I had way? two things based on that, right? And number one was, um, I just want LeBron to win. If anyone else wins, what's the point? Don't even come back. Like, if the Lakers don't win, why are you even coming back? That's point one. And the second point was, are they going to care? Is LeBron going to care the same? Because I don't feel emotionally as a human like you have i think like a reserve capacity on the things that you can emotionally care about that you can um, physically put um access and and input in and are the people who we even give a fuck about playing sports going to care the same where are they going to be like i have a bigger goal at this point and it's almost i was leaning towards in terms of basketball that i just kind of wanted them to punt until the next season and even even for this one that's coming up, right? Like that they're starting July thirty first. I don't want Kevin Durant and Kyrie to play, and I don't want Steph and Clay to play, and I don't want Lillard to play. I just 
Well, they yeah, won't. but no, but I, I'm just saying, like, I just wanted to just be like, yeah, yo, just go. And if and if the Clippers win, I don't give a fuck, and I will rail against it. Uh, but the only way that I would care about this even at all is if the Lakers and LeBron win, because LeBron's the the loudest spokesperson. Kawhi, Kawhi could be better. I don't care. But I don't care about Kawhi winning the championship. Kawhi winning the championship in this moment does nothing. And even like Durant, like I think, and I don't even want to get into it. I think like Durant's the best player, but so what? Like what does that mean? That doesn't yeah. mean anything in the I, current moment. So unless LeBron wins, I don't give a shit, man. Like, Come back and let me and see. It, it let LeBron be- sweep everyone and then I'll care. It may be and it may be different for us because I think both of us are in this place where our fandom has shifted over the course of of the last few years and we're we, we both are like in the sense that we care more about the storylines and the specific players rather than what most of fandom yeah. is, which is I I live and die with the colors of my team and the city across my chest. So of course we want to see LeBron win for, for our own selfish happiness. But I just, I just get the sense that they will have a renewed perspective. And even though I was at the point where I was saying, well, what's the point of them returning to do this? Like, I was where I thought you was. But then I heard something that made me stop and think, if the rest of the world is going to go back to work, then, well, you got to look at it in, in the perspective of this is their job. Like, they have to return to work just like everybody mm-hmm. else. So I think entertainment actually is... A big part of that I think it's an important part of that so from that perspective I I get them coming back but I don't know you see a whole lot of those players are in the streets with these protesters right now and it's not just any player like the upper echelon talent in this league are either speaking out or they're out there in the streets and as they get more vocal and more visible and get more educated and more into this by the time July rolls around, are they going to be willing to just be confined to a complex in Orlando to play this thing out? I think I, I don't know. Like how do you how do you do that with if the world around you is continuing to be in chaos? I think that they would be okay with doing it because it'll be like a month. Because it'll be a short period of time, ostensibly, on how they would um, conclude the seasons. So I think that's the only reason. But you would hear them more vocally in interviews and in podcasts. And you also have to have the media there with them. And their voices get amplified um, that way. So I think in in that perspective, the players would just be like, okay, now um, when Steph talks about it or someone talks about it who isn't in the playoffs... Now it gets amplified so much more because people are playing. Because imagine uh, the Golden State Warriors aren't invited, but they're also there at the draft lottery and they have the first pick. And then Steph is doing an interview and Steph is like, I, what I really want to speak about is the protests that happened in June and in July. And then like the way that LeBron James is playing right now, that he is the unequivocal leader of the league. And no matter what, they might not win the championship, but he is the guy. And I think like that kind of uh, communication to your fan base and to um, to the wider media, like it means something. And we and Stephen Jackson even like brought this up when he was talking about LeBron and LeBron's messages around Greg Floyd or George Floyd. I'm sorry, where he was. He just said, like, this is why LeBron is my goat, 
And I sat there and yeah. I said, like, the whole time, this is it. This is what the people who argue. This is what this is what for LeBron. These are the reasons why. Like, so what? Jordan has six championships. LeBron just needed enough, and we didn't give a fuck because we realized all of the other stuff mattered so much more. The idea that LeBron brought all of his friends along, never left them behind at any point, and then empowered them—that's more important than what a whole ton of rappers did. A whole ton of um, people who were new to wealth. That is how you build wealth and how you build a, a, a generation of people who will remember your legacy. And that's what it was. And even watching The Last Dance, and I, you know what stood out to me? Is that Jordan didn't have that. And I don't care how many championships you win. No. I don't give a fuck. Like, you mean to tell me, like, you won a, a brass trophy at the end? Or who cares? But what... LeBron did is worth more. And even like the... Think about the people who have left LeBron. Like Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love or Dwayne Wade. There's still a relationship there because of who LeBron is. And that in of itself just means that's worth more to me than than just winning. Like, that's, like I, I just... I can't care about that. Like, the world moves on. Years and years is <laughs> a TV show like... There's always going to be some, like, matriculation in who's going to be the best or who's going to win at a certain time. But the one Warriors championship, I wasn't even rooting for LeBron then, but that's worth three championships to me. Yeah, and I think I think my mindset shifted from, okay, fine, you can say Jordan is the best player, but at the end of the day, what does it mean? Like, what... What impact does that have? Like, and I was asking you all this the whole time that we were watching the last dance. Is this actually supposed to make me like him more? Yeah. Like, is this supposed to make me a fan? Because a lot of this, I am not feeling. A lot of this is stuff that I am not going to teach Kaisen. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what LeBron brings to the table, those things are more valuable to me. So I don't even say he's the best basketball player you can argue that that is jordan great but i always say from my perspective i don't think there's going to be a more important figure than lebron in terms of what he does and we're not going to appreciate it now but when we look back on when we look back on this whole time period 20 years from now and i don't even know what else he's going to do because he said it privately in the conversation with stephen jackson and stephen jackson was the one to reveal it that lebron said i am not going to let you down so right there, that tells me this is going to be more than me retweeting stuff, more than me posting stuff, more than me donating money towards the cause. But I am going to constantly be about this. So we don't even know what else there is to come. But to me, that is, you're right, that's infinitely more important than how many championships you won. Because every time I see Jordan talk about stuff, to me, it seems like, he had a mission that's unfulfilled. Like, I feel like you want at life, you should be happier than you are. And I don't, I don't get that from him. I, I just don't. So was doing all that stuff and sacrificing all that stuff. I, I, I just seem pretty I just hollow. have to say though, that even in the midst of this, the fact that we got in a Jordan LeBron conversation really made me feel better. It's because we started basketball. <laughs> it's because we started basketball. No, 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 because even, even just thinking of that, like in my head, I just said, okay, that was good. <laughs> that, that was good just because we got back to those kinds of things because even at a moment like this michael jordan said uh, to go back to michael jordan's competitive you want to go montana marino yeah, next no, no, just go dive into it. michael jordan's competitiveness 
like that came forth in the last dance. He said, um, "Okay, a hundred million dollars over ten years." Kanye gave two million dollars. Fuck that for ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give ten million dollars because I'm Michael Jordan. Like- no matter what you give, I will do more. And like, it's funny in one sense, but then in a in another sense, I think that it just, I think, allows us to say that. He not only does he give a fuck that Jordan actually gives a fuck now, and because because people can continue to progress and change their minds and grow, but he knows what his legacy is now and what it could potentially be, and say that I have more money than I can ever actually need, and now how will I help people who I don't even know? Forget helping people who I know, which I'm sure Jordan has done, but like, what about helping people? who I'm not in there in a circle with and think about like my entire community and what does that mean and what does real legacy building like look like it's one thing to have a statue of yourself when you're dunking a basketball but what what's the next statue going to be what's the statue of a 70 year old Michael Jordan going to be and this could be the legacy and this could be the thing that gets everyone who ever bought a pair of Jordans to say like I'm going to get these Jordan 22s and and that's the thing and i think that like jordan's competitive is hilariousness is hilarious at some point but it still is. like if this is what is going to get it done then get it done i'm fine with that like one of the most popular things and one of the most popular memes about the last dance is you just have a picture of him looking down at the computer screen or him talking earnestly into the camera and it'll be like nobody and then just a blank slate and then jordan saying and then i took it personally so like you said he sees people donating to the cause and it's been really loud over the last 10 years that michael jordan has not been there basketball i mean republicans buy sneakers too has been a part of his brand and so after hearing that it's like you're the world's worst rich black activist right the last time somebody told jordan he wasn't good at something being cut from his high school basketball team he used that spike to become the greatest basketball player ever so is he going to use the spite of you are horrible at black activism to become the greatest activist ever so after seeing two million dollars jordan says you know what 100 million over 10 years beat that day after kanye did that jordan's like fuck him the day fuck him and kanye don't even have nothing kanye is not even tangentially Uh, connected to michael jordan other than Chicago. Chicago. That's enough. Uh, That's enough okay. for Jordan to do it. So it, it's like it's like nobody else from Chicago, even though Jordan ain't from I, Chicago. I almost want a last dance bonus episode where Jordan just says, "Listen, I understand the importance of this movement, and this is something that should not be competitive amongst um, people who are black and who are wealthy." But, but I just took this personally at this point. I just had to say. Hold on. What have all LeBron people been saying? This is the area where LeBron is better. Jordan's trying to end every argument. He's making a school, isn't he? Hold on. Imagine imagine like an 80, 85, 90 year old Jordan just be like, fuck my kids. Fuck them kids. Fuck my kids. They don't need this money. All this money is going into the institutions and trust. And this is Michael Jordan's legacy. Jordan's going to run for president. He might. Or he could just... Jordan is eventually going to run for president. Or he could just endorse when The Rock does it. Because The Rock is going to run for president. 
anybody could win it now. I mean, it's wide open. Like, who can't? Shawn Michaels could win president. Anybody could be the president now. It just, it's wide open, bro. Everything is happening. Anyone who's ever been on reality TV has a shot. Accurate. Like, David from the real world that's saying Scoo-Double-D-Double-D, he's got a shot. So, okay, let's, let's I think, like, talk about this. Because David from the real world, that was real world New Orleans, right? Ah. I feel like I'm pretty good. That was real world New Orleans. If you know, you know. Scoo-Double-D-Double-D. David of New Orleans. It was one season of the real world where I thought, fuck, man, I really wanted to be on that one. Just because they had, like... I know. I, they had enough... I also feel like that was our quote. ex. That was our exit season. Yeah, too. they had enough talent in that episode to be like, "Oh man, I, I want to be in on that." But you know what? Now I'm gonna spend the rest of my Friday trying to look up um, what those people are into right now. But Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints quarterback. Honestly, he said what he's always been saying. He said with a what a bunch of other white football players have said when it comes to Colin Kaepernick. And it was a company line, and he regurgitated it, and there was no nuance, and it was just like formulaic of what he's saying, and just yada, 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 blah, 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 through the whole thing. And it's what, it's two things, right? For me, it was like, it's this is what Drew Brees believes, and it's so automatic to him, because think about any belief system that you have that is just automatic. That you don't even have to think about it. You could just say it at an instant without like putting any further thought into it. That's what that was like for Drew Brees. And that's what that sounded like for Drew Brees. And as soon as I said it, as soon as he said it and I listened to it, I recoiled and I said, how do you, and we talked about this on the last podcast, you didn't fucking read the room. You didn't read the room a little bit. And you didn't, even if you're, even if that's what you thought two months ago. The fact that you didn't read the room now and said, I need to adjust what the fuck I'm saying right now is one, tone deaf, and two, you don't give a fuck about your teammates or really you don't give a fuck about black people or you don't give a fuck about black people to the point where you think that it supersedes what quote unquote the flag means. Go. Okay, so... There's a whole lot to unpack with the Drew Brees stuff, right? And I think the easiest place for us to start is with the fact that Drew Brees is sponsored by Wrangler. Like, he has a Wrangler endorsement. And I think using context clues, you can infer a lot about that. The first thing you can infer is what Drew Brees' targeted fan base is. The fan base that enjoys them a pair of Wranglers. That fan base, not saying it's the same for all of them, but that fan base tends to be the fan base that thought Kaepernick was a son of a bitch, quote unquote, for kneeling. That tends to be the fan base that thinks the most important thing is the sanctity of the flag. So important that it is held in higher regard and with more revere than the lives of unarmed black men that are faced with trying to traverse the world with police brutality. That is also the kind of fan base that needs to hear those platitudes in this time because for I will never understand why, but they feel attacked. And we saw this clearly through John Boyo. Mm, I am terrible with his name. Boyega. Yes, we saw it clearly through 
his activity on social media, and we're going to get into him later, I'm certain. But when he said he hates racists, that fan base felt attacked by that. Even though, even though they themselves do not want to be called racist, but they felt attacked by that. So I think it was, and you saw a whole lot of black people speak out about the fact that why do you have to make white people feel comfortable in this time? Maybe people do need to feel uncomfortable. I saw Drew Brees' statement as a way of making those people feel comfortable and staying on brand with his message of, I love the flag. My grandfather's fought in this war for the flag. I will never stand for the flag being disrespected. So that worked for him for the last three, four years since Kaepernick and kneeling became a primary issue. That's been working for him. He thought it was going to continue to work. But as we learned this week and as he learned, this is not the same world. Because for most people, they would say that um, they don't want the flag uh, disrespected. But that same kind of level of, of care and consideration in regards to an entire race of people being disrespected, that d somehow does not translate. And it doesn't translate to the point of millions to billions of dollars to where these people started to boycott the NFL because a handful of players, not a majority of the players, not 51% of the players, a handful of players were kneeling that they said that they were so... Um, upset about the NFL not cracking down on them, that they were boycotting the league. And then that, of course, led to black people saying, we're going to boycott the league because you are not supporting your black players who do this because they're speaking out on an important social issue. And then Colin Kaepernick ended up being blackballed from the NFL. And there's no other way to say it because he's better than... I don't even know what the number is, at least 40 NFL quarterbacks at the time that he left because even think about this man like even if you are um the 22nd best nfl quarterback mm -hmm. you have a starting job at somewhere and you could be the 22nd best nfl quarterback and not have a, sal a starting job because of salary cap considerations but it does not go on for two three four seasons that does that is not what happens when you are that talented at that particular set of skills because people suck at that job so much. And when you see it's so obvious that is it's like this is not about meritocracy and it's not about boycotts and it's not about people not coming to the stands because people will go to the NFL games regardless and people will watch no matter what. So it's not affecting you. The only thing that it's affecting is your personal pride as an owner and the country club games and the golf games that you go to um, in the off season. And that's all that matters to you. And if that's all that matters to you, then that's why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Exactly. And I don't think you can divorce those two things that, and, and I just like listening to Drew Brees do that. And, and I said to myself, man, if Peyton Manning didn't throw that pick <laughs> and if the Colts had won that Super Bowl, like, Would we even have to give a fuck about what you're saying right now? Wait, that's so, that's that so weird it. that we both and went that, to that And place. that was it. <laughs> yeah. Because I always was, growing up a Marino fan, right? I never wanted to see the great quarterbacks not get that one. Because there's no fun for me in saying, ha, 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 you didn't win. Your career is not validated. Yeah. So I like to see them get that one, right? Boy, I wish Drew Brees didn't have that one. I really wish he didn't have that one at this point. Yeah. Because you know what's crazy? I, I say. You know what's crazy to me? 
he got asked the most benign, open-ended question in that interview, and he just pivoted to the fly. Like, that was his goal. You could, okay, that's the thing. When the guy asked him that question, the reporter, I feel like the reporter thought, this is an easy one. I'm giving you, like, Soft an easy, wide-open pass as a quarterback that you should get. Like, this is an easy one. You knock it out the park. And they're like, I can, you know what that reporter was thinking of? His weekend. That I can write the story and I can get to my weekend early and that's it. And I'm done and it's over. He thought Drew Brees was going to give him a great supporting the cause quote that you could just add to everybody else that people were going to. Well, he did. People did share it. So he got that part right. But he thought it was going to be for a completely different reason. You could add Drew Brees to the chorus of people saying, my mindset has shifted. I supported this cause. Nah, bro. Drew about supporting the cause of the people that like to purchase Wranglers. And what did you think about his apology and his backpedal and LeBron just pouncing in this moment? And <laughs> LeBron and everybody. I just involved. have to say, no, no, it's LeBron and everyone. But in, in the moment when LeBron pounced on this, I think it was a message to every other athlete. It's, uh, it's okay. Right now to, not only that it's okay to like, you better shut the fuck up. Bosa, the entire family is, n- don't speak right now. No matter what y'all believe, we know what they believe. We ain't even got a fight. Yeah, yeah. We know what they we believe. Know what they, believe. <laughs> they don't care about the George Floyd shit. They only care about the looting. We know what the Bosa's believe. But it's to a point where they're saying, like, you are cut off at the pass right now. If you say it, you will get jumped on by everyone else who is in your locker room. And then how do you make a living? Because Bosa could be as talented as he is as a defensive lineman. But if everyone in the locker room is like, yo, fuck this guy. We might go twelve and four with you, but we could go ten and six without you, and then make the playoffs. And I don't care. We could go eight and eight, and then everyone could still get their salary, and we don't care. Yeah, like with literally with what you have to do with football, with what you got to sacrifice physically and mentally, as we know. I feel like going to work every day with people that you like and you have a cohesive relationship with. That's important, and this is going to, unless there's a whole lot of healing done, we already saw the divides it created in locker rooms when Kaepernick and a few and, and Eric Reed, Kenny Stills, and a few other guys were kneeling. This is that times 10. Whenever the league starts up again, it is going to be a much bigger, quote-unquote, problem for them than it was before. So this isn't something that because you're about to have yeah, and you teams doing it and and i feel like what drew Brees did place himself in the crosshairs well now dudes that may have been on the fence uh with new orleans dudes that may have supported the cause and but said you know what i'm not going to do that i feel like now they're gonna go out of their way to kneel they're gonna go out of their way to sh- to to show what do you think kamara is gonna do right now yeah. now actually now i'm gonna draft kamara in fantasy because before i was avoiding him of, but now i'm gonna draft all of his teeth all of his teeth are gold all of his teeth are yeah. gold and this you know what you know what's great you know what's great about this while drew Brees is doing this a few hours later, Matt Ryan was like, I am going to give $500,000 to the cause because I see what's happening with my city. I ain't that dude. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, who is one or two quarterbacks that are now the face of the league. The other one is Lamar Jackson. We ain't got to guess what he's thinking. But Patrick Mahomes appears in... <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's captions are inspiring to me. And I want this man to win the Super Bowl so bad. I honestly <laughs> believe if they ask him on that podium, he will say fuck 12. And I ain't even going to be surprised. 
But anyway, and then yeah. Pat Mahomes is in this this uh, commercial with Teron Matthew and Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins and all these other players. And I think it's huge to see Mahomes in that because this is the person you propped up as your MVP. This is your Super Bowl winner. This is the guy. And he's letting you know. Yeah. Because all that infomercial, all that was saying was that group of guys saying, NFL, you have failed us. Now, I, okay, so just quickly, um, and I don't mean to go sports, sports, sports. Dak Prescott and in Patrick Mahomes' league, right? Wait, that, no, as a player? Or, or are we talking about yeah, this player. other stuff? Because he's not in No, 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 just as a player. We, no, no, we can we get to what oh. like, Dak Prescott no, said. He's, no, but as he's, a player, he's not, he's not in his he's league. He's not close to Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes is a top-tier quarterback, then Dak Prescott is on tier three, maybe? So think about this, right? Like, even if you're, uh, um, think of uh, like a black person as an activist thinking that um, the importance of generational wealth and about these athletes making this kind of money and then spreading this throughout the community. If you then think Dak Prescott is not in Patrick Mahomes league and then Dak Prescott comes out and says that he's going to give a million dollars to the police department in this in this current environment that that's what he wants to do with his money you are now really like yo fuck Dak Prescott and he's like rebuffed the Cowboys offer of making him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL and as a sports fan only just thinking about sports you're thinking why why would you make Dak Prescott of all people with the weapons he already has the highest paid quarterback and they gave him more weapons and are, like might give him more money. And you just think to yourself, but what about Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes passes the ball. He already has a Super Bowl and then makes passes um, with it like behind his back. He came back against the best defense in the NFL at the time when we thought Patrick Mahomes is going to lose and this team is going to fumble that game away. How? 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 And there's so... Their reactions are so different. No one called Dak Prescott to be in that um, that video, and I almost they? want Ezekiel Elliott to be edited out of that video. But how how is this how is this happening? Jerry Jones have to be like seriously like no, I ain't giving him no money. A part, a part Let Andy of, Dalton run the shit. A part of me was thinking this is what he had to do to get his number on the contract signed. But then I'm also if we're going to say that Drew Brees has shown us more than once who he is and what he thinks then now we got to say the same thing about Dak Prescott because he was willing to die on this very same hill when Kaepernick was going through what he was going through like Dak Prescott was saying dumb shit like this isn't the place for it people come to football for an escape well if this man is a fucking NFL quarterback what other platform does he have higher than during an NFL game like how do you how could you say yeah. that's not the place for it but that's the line of thinking that Dak Prescott was coming from. So he seems like the kind of person that would give a million of his hard-earned dollars to what apparently he thinks is an underfunded police force. I've never heard anybody call it that, but apparently that's what he thinks if he thinks they need a million dollars. <laughs> the police force that comes out with tanks and full um, riot gear. More, how often they more protective tanks. gear than every nurse and every doctor during coronavirus. He thinks that they're underfunded how and often need a million dollars tanks? to care. No, but this is the thing that he that he wants to give a million dollars to them being educated. They are one, they are educated, and two, even if you put police or officers through the educational system of um, empathizing more with black people, that does not mean that when you're in the field and you're actually taking action. 
that you are going to change how you are. That's not going to make a police officer less afraid. Like that, that thought process is still ingrained in them. Like that's still ingrained in people. That's the entire idea of uh, systemic racism and inherent, um, inherent racism. And then just inherent risk and mitigation of risk of when you believe that someone else is more dangerous based on the color of their skin and you educating them in some one month course across the country for a million dollars will not do shit. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. And I'm pretty sure about even the D Ray stuff. And I don't know if we'll get into that on this podcast, but I'm pretty sure that those measures do not work. And it's, I, th- I think that it's um, is kind of telling where, like, obviously because of what America has done and what, not not just America, because I think that this has to be more than an American thing. When we talked uh, with Andrew, where, like, a lot of black celebrity lies in the entertainment. So everything that they do tends to be more focused. Kanye West donates $2 million. It tends to be more focused placed on that. But it's that... You mean to tell me that's the only place where the power is coming from? And that in and of itself is telling. Yeah. That in and of itself kind of means something. Because, like, you have to have that level of fame and success in that arena as a black person to make an impact. And for white people, that's not the same thing. You could be um, a completely... You could fucking work in real estate and make the same amount as LeBron James and no one knows your name and you could contribute to a Republican or a conservative campaign and then that could be it. And and that's why it's, it's kind of difficult to decipher what's the truth from what's just being put out there. And look, we could go back to Drew Brees for a minute. Like after he said what he said, he said it with his chest, but then after he received the backlash from all of those athletes, from his own teammates, to athletes from different sports, to athletes of different races, because even Aaron Rodgers was like, you want air, right? He said what he said, and then what I think really got to him was two things. I think it was the crowd of protesters in New Orleans chanting, fuck Drew Brees. I don't care who you are, Drew Brees, that got to you, because he is someone that is a prominent figure in that community. He is somebody that was Mr. New Orleans post Katrina leading them to a Super Bowl. That that's his city. That's yeah. his thing. So that happened. He was good forever. And then, and then, he was good, good forever, forever in the city. That's crazy. And then and then the second thing was the Ed Reed thing. I don't know why, but I just feel like the entire NFL has a reverence for Ed Reed that is probably unmatched. And Ed Reed was I so lie, hurt. I do. And, you know how Ed Reed was hurt? You look in his a, eyes, his eyes was watering, and he just kept calling him a sucker, like over and over. He couldn't even make coherent okay. points. So, only because I listened to Bomani Jones' podcast, I realized that Ed Reed goes live on Instagram all the time. Oh, I didn't even know that. Else, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, Ed Reed is one of my favorite football players of all time. Like, Always been. definitely since top the five, days. probably top three. So that's exactly since the U days. So. Once Ed Reed says it, and Dan Lebetard them even went into like Ed Reed does not get into any trouble. All he does is good shit and play football, and that's it. But it was almost to the whole Christian Cooper um, tend um, laying up argument of like, why do you have to be so special and unique and have to be so trouble free in order to be taken seriously? So that's one. And then the se- the second part is Ed Reed then just happens to also be that person. To be that great of a person and then to be so hurt because Ed Reed is from that area 
to be like drew how could you do this and you're a sucker and like the reaction between ed reed and malcolm jenkins and michael thomas was so visceral and so immediate to be like whoa 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 what is happening now because now suppose michael thomas says fuck this i want to trade send, send me to go play with pat mahomes send me to go play with lamar jackson because i can't play with you like you know you know what um tampa bay like send send all the receivers to new orleans and then just send me to play with tom brady because at least like tom brady has marks against him for sure that like the the make america great again hat the entire like being in and we'll see what he's like in tampa bay but being um friends with Kraft, who supported and donated to donald trump but what then does that mean and what is the what is the actual i think like impact to something like that on your teammates to be to think that um okay drew might be on his way out or i could just exit myself yeah and say i want no part of that and you guys can choose drew and then just have that be it pretty much and i just i just think because there are so many different messages we don't know what people are doing because they genuinely want to or because it's good for their brand because i started this by saying you know i think drew Brees was playing to his wrangler base and now i just feel like well his apology is so he can be good at his job because he needs the players that think on the opposite side of what he was saying he needs them to be good at his job for however lo much longer he plans to play whatever his extension was two years he knows that he needs them and that backlash showed him that immediately he needed them so he comes with these apologies and says how much he's learned but it's amazing that you only learned within the last 24 hours with this backlash but you didn't learn anything from the last three to four years with what was going on with Kaepernick and what he was trying to bring attention to there was no learning then because you had the same mindset throughout all of that but after you heard chance of fuck Drew Brees you say you know what maybe maybe I should listen I don't know that that just seems kind of disingenuous to me and you don't want to judge like what's in someone's heart because you don't know but even him and a lot of these a lot of these major corporations that are just dropping these empty platitudes even the opinions we have of some of these black celebrities who looking real funny in the light you don't know what people are saying just because they're thinking of their bottom line economically or are they really more concerned with the cause? And this is this is something I think everyone's been struggling with trying to figure out on both sides of that. Because, um, and it, this is just my last point on this, right? Had those same kind of like the backlash we see Drew Brees facing, had Colin Kaepernick had that same kind of support from those same players, and the NFL has so much turnovers that half the players who were in the league at the time Colin Kaepernick started this are not in the league anymore. But had those same players supported Colin Kaepernick, he probably would still be in the league. If Colin Kaepernick had an all-pro wide receiver and an all-pro running back on his team and they had said that, yo, we ride with Colin, we might not kneel, but we ride with Colin, then he's, st he's still employed. Or one and, of the white quarterbacks. Or what? Yeah. <laughs> one of them. Anyone anyone and now it's so funny to see all these things about like being an ally and if you're a white co-worker how you can be of support of your people in your office who are an ally and colin kaepernick has to look at this and be like what the fuck am i in the twilight zone is this a big joke on me 
And you know what? He has millions of dollars from Nike. And he had his NFL contract and had, at the time, a productive career. And if even if he... I almost don't want him to ever come back. Because if he comes back now, he's going to be an older quarterback trying to scramble around and run around. And people will just fucking love the idea of him of failing him at it. 15 for 35 in a game and throwing three picks. So I don't want that to happen. I, 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 I kind of agree with that. But on the opposite side, I'm like... But I want them to have to acquiesce. Like fuck them. I want I want him to get that dub. I don't care if he's fifty years old. I want him to get back on that field one more time because even though yeah he's fine, his family is gonna be fine with the amount of money he has. But this this there's something still very visceral about the hatred that goes into blackballing somebody for something that has nothing to do with the mm. actual sport. Like this whole entire thing was a flex of know your place we get to decide your fate it not you if you're not saying that what we want you to say then you're not allowed in our club and i want that to be defeated so even though he may not be the player he was before a part of me still wants to see him play really and i, I and i get the whole argument of he's bigger than football now because i mean shit look <laughs> all you gotta do is look at what's happening right but a part of me still mm-hmm. wants him to play just so the NFL can't have this win because, my God, fuck the NFL. Like, fuck the NFL. Like, I love football, but so, I hate the NFL. But are we going to get you going to their statement? So, in line with that, I think, like, we need to talk about, right, we need to talk about a bunch of the corporate statements, um, one, and two, the whole Blackout Tuesday, I think, kind of movement because... When I viewed it and I saw what Blackout Tuesday was about, like, posting that black square, I, I, I honestly took it as this is just not only uh, something about awareness, but it, it because everyone uses social media, that you cannot hide from this. And if you are part of the people who are posting this kind of things, this sends a message to everyone who you follow and then everyone who they follow that there is no way that you can avoid having this kind of discussion too, because so many people, like a lot of the ignorance that we see around this topic is bred about people not having this discussion or not talking to black people about it or just uh, just talking to other similar white faces about it or people who would agree with them. So talk to, to black people about it. So like when these posts started going up, it's, a, it's kind of forcing people to engage in the idea of the discussion. And even if you don't have the discussion, you and your own mind have to think about it and then we had the whole idea of like these corporations having to make a statement and you had to come out with something wendy's had to come out and said that their ceo did not contribute to donald trump and this is what they're doing for the black community um in our own group chat chara was really on nba 2k and in terms of what they actually did beyond putting up a banner and it and then it became like a delineation between how forceful was your statement did your statement actually address police brutality or did your statement just put in keywords like systemic unity. racism and privilege? Unity and just was the thing that like they used to hide Kick behind. the ball down the field and unity to, to try to like, yeah. So, so I think like this week was really about that. And like when you see corporations doing that, you know that there has been a sea change, but then how impactful was the sea change and will they then stick to that? Or will that change, one, their hiring practices and what they actually do on a day-to-day basis? 
is it strictly just an economic decision because this seems to be the wave now and a part of this gap is generational and are you just appealing to generation zers to show that you are quote unquote woke or to show that you are in tune with their concerns because well the real work is what do you put behind that because anybody that can sit i can sit down one day and write three or four different drafts and anybody in in a pr firm can do that for a different company for them to put out there but what are you doing to supplement that like that's great and having your voice out there is great but there needs to be some sort of duality going on like your actions have to support you putting that message out there like someone like for and i think what how strong ben and jerry's was with their message was kind of showing bigger corporations no this is kind of the way you need to do this like you can't have this message without specifically saying you are fighting police brutality like that part can't be ignored it can't just be we want to live in unity well talk about the steps that we need to live in unity like you're ignoring this very important thing that happened what are you afraid of what exactly is it are they afraid of and what makes a lot of them seem hollow to go back to the nfl like obviously it's hollow coming from them because they were faced with this before and chose to go the opposite direction so anything you say right now is 100 fake the 49ers saying anything nobody should believe that the washington the washington football team nobody should think you want anything to do with unity because your mascot is a racial slur so any of these people saying this kind of stuff it's hollow it means absolutely nothing you charlamagne says it all the time when he says the best apology is change behavior you could post one of these shits every day you can make your screen block every day and post that but if you are doing absolutely nothing with your power to help the cause then what is the point what are you helping what if the redskins were just like the redskins are just like i don't know 10 percent less racist you giving them 10 like they, think about it is they fight so hard just to keep that name every every they just really want to be the every Redskins. few years you could be named anything people rebrand all the time honestly people franchises move they become something else the the, the colts i mean the baltimore colts becomes india indianapolis like it happens all the time uh expansion teams pop up think it, about it now, really now just think about this how popular are the Ravens? The Ravens didn't <laughs> exactly. exist before the Browns. Exactly. But how popular are their team colors? Like just that idea of that NFL teams. And people fuck with the Ravens all the time. So people in Washington. And they could have easily so done So people it. in Washington now are supposed to believe, you know what? Forget about all that past behavior. They believe in unity. Like... Forget the fact that they put a racial slur out there all the time. They believe in unity. Like, yeah, the 49ers completely believe in this message, even though you refuse to re-sign the person that was the poster child for this message. The NFL really believes in this message, even though you blackball the person that was the carrier of this message for our generation. Like, get the entire I, fuck you, out you of here. You know who I think... You know, I think, like, Reebok had a really strong... I believe response trying to, to get this. back in that sneaker and race. That's what that's what they doing. <laughs> and so so did Nike. And it made me just think that like the power of your ability to just say that it kind of almost overrides it. If you could just say, if and it's all like you having a strong statement at that point is almost 
strictly, even if it's to your own benefit, forget fuck the cause. Like, forget what the cause is. But for your own benefit, for your own economic benefit on how people perceive you and how they view you, if your statement is strong enough, people will then say, I fuck with them. Like, there's no way at this point right now a black person who has read Ben and Jerry's statement is going to be like, oh, I'll go with someone else besides Ben and Jerry. Like, I don't... I'm not going to fucking buy Briars. What the fuck? I don't know what Briars said. I don't... I don't care. I don't even eat ice cream and I want to get some Ben and Jerry's. Like, I just... I don't even eat it. Like, that's... And this is the... That vanilla could last in there all year, but they will get the $10. This is the importance of it, right? Because of what they exactly. said. Exactly. This is the importance of it. And for once, I would like to see black people be the bad gal in the club and everyone vie for our attention. Like, I want all of these corporations to say, oh, yeah, well, I love black people the most. Yeah. Look what I have done. Like, y'all go compete with that. Like, y'all do that. Everyone join yeah. Jordan with Try that. to beat them. Try, try to beat that. Because now Jordan has put it out to $100 million. Over 10 years. Like, okay. Over 10 years. <laughs> Over 10 years. I love that shit, though. That's the most Jordan thing ever. I ain't gonna lie. That's the most Jordan thing so... ever. It should be an entire episode of The Last Dance based it on that. It has to be an 11. I, like, I took it personally. I took it personally. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, what else did we have to talk about on this pod before uh, we wrap this up? Um, just going on on the run now. We talked about Blackout Tuesday. Boyega. Okay, I think that we have to talk about these these two things in tandem, and it's um, the worldwide participation because um, we've seen these protests go to countries in Europe, um, c- essentially countries in in Asia. And when I say Asia, I don't mean um, yeah, China, because obviously. fuck. They don't fuck no, with us like that. No, like we we they know the vibes and we know the vibes, but we we, we know the vibes. We are not we are not fooled by this. The, China has been trolling America and Donald Trump essentially to say y'all really gonna let them yeah, do that. Them. And them. they and they mean them. And that is that is the vibe that, that we are receiving. Because somehow from China, now we but, can't um, go to McDonald's over there because, you know, coronavirus is clearly the fault of the black man. Everyone knows that. I, Somehow, some somehow, obviously, and that is that is I think like a larger part of the point. So we had the worldwide um, participation, and you see that everyone one knows that it's an issue. And I think like in our last podcast, that when Andrew brought up the idea of Caribbean privilege, and I was I think pushing back against it is because my belief is that when you're black, you're black everywhere. People aren't asking for your passport. They don't ask if you're one of those kinds of blacks. And if they're those people who are asking, oh, oh are you one of the good blacks? Then they don't. <laughs> those are not the people who you want to be aligned with. And the second thing I want to. Um, so so if you want like to speak on that. And then I also want to talk about the ringer and what happened to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, because part of the reason we even have this podcast and talk about this is because of Bill Simmons and what happened to them this week. I think it should be a harbinger of things to come. Yeah. Well, first to the uh, to it becoming to it becoming international, and I, I said this a couple times in our group chat, but I really think it's going to evolve. It already has. We see the signs of it evolving beyond what police officers in America have done because it goes back to kind of what you mentioned black people everywhere have this shared experience so it's very easy for them to identify with it and it met it it morphs into 
more than just a racial issue, but it becomes the oppressed versus the oppressors. And that's something that you could find in every single country. So we can start with this issue, but that is going to grow. And when you get to oppressed versus oppressor, you get to haves and have nots. And now it just becomes about the wealth gap and it becomes about the people that feel most disenfranchised from the community to the people that seem like they have everything. And you could have that conflict all over the world. And I think that's a part of why this spread so much and to but and to, to bill and ryan rosillo listen bill is the pod father i will always argue that bill simmons him dan levitar the two most influential people to me in in sports journalism well for me personally but they make mistakes and the ringer completely missed the mark with this because you cannot have this issue just solely discussed by two white middle-aged men. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, the Levitar show is a very diverse show. It's a brown show. You got a black person, you got people, you got Cubans, and you got two white guys, right? But what they always do... Yeah, now, uh, yeah. okay, but I, I just want to jump in, though, because I feel like I have to say that it's not about the show having two white middle-aged That's men a part of it, though. At the time. I think it... I think it's a part of it, but I think it, you also have to be like, um, what was actually said. Yeah. Because what will actually said kind of matters because um, in order to save it, Bill Simmons had D-Ray on the next episode, right? D-Ray works directly with uh, Tommy Vitor and um, John Favreau and John Lovett um, from the Pod Save America universe who used to work with Bill Simmons. But then that's who Bill Simmons then calls to have on the next episode. But my, my, my thought process was more so, um, yeah, sorry, there should have been someone else other than Simmons and, and Rosillo. But one, what was actually said. And two, it's because you actually thought like, yo, this is what, like what Rosillo actually believes. And then you had the Ringer Union uh, Twitter account talk about the lack of diversity um, at the ringer when Rusillo is, is lauding the diversity that Bill Simmons has encouraged. And I remember like when during the Grantland days and Rembert Brown was there and it seemed like very organically that Simmons was kind of grooming yeah. Rembert to take over at some point. And I don't know what happened to that. Why Rembert didn't end up at the ringer and why he didn't end up, why he went to the New York Daily News. And that's like something that we don't know about. That's a Maybe that's a, like an independent Rembrandt, I'm not moving to LA type of decision mm-hmm. or something else. But so it doesn't seem that that's something that Bill Simmons was against. But like the Rusillo part seemed extremely tone deaf in the moment. To and, and I think like the major thing I took away from it is when he was mentioning um, that he um, voted based on um, selfishness, based on tax purposes, right? Because that always seems to me is that you know exactly what Donald Trump is and you just say that you're okay with the racism because tax-wise, that's better for you. Yeah. And And as soon as you say that, I don't know what else you want me to to say to you. I don't know what else. Like, nah, there there can't be an additional discussion. But I also think it's easy for you to be tone deaf if you don't have diversity in the room, if you don't have diversity in the conversation. So... At that point where Rusillo was saying some shit that 
he shouldn't have been saying. If you have a strong black voice on that call, maybe in that exact moment they push back because part yeah. of being black in America is my God, you constantly have to be a teacher. Like I think that's mm -hmm. one thing we learned from this is you have to educate people time. You have to educate white people time and time again on these things. So in that moment, that probably could have been saved, but that's where diversity is important. Not something you got. Okay, take us for instance, right? 10YS is a tiny mom and pop operation, but John is not going to be the one to have the conversation on this. He's not going to do that yeah. without us because this is our topic that we are going to talk about. When it's time for him to be the quarterback on a topic, something that he's very passionate about, he's very uh, well versed about and and he has strong opinions about then yeah that happens i just think that for somebody that has the roster that the ringer has for them to at least put one strong black voice on there would have made the world such a good roster one. that's the thing that's the thing it's benching it's benching scotty pippen it's benching Scottie Pippen in the home game. Like, I don't care that Tony Kukoc can hit the shot. At this point, Tony Kukoc missed the shot. Yes. But I, I, I don't care. Like, you put your best players on Not the court. Not only did Tony Kukoc miss the shot. Micah, like, anyone else. Anyone yeah, else. Yeah, know? but, okay, here's how Levitard show approached it, right? Like, Dan has always... He's always acquiesced that show to minority voices, and his thing has been about giving them a place for them to become stars. Like, he basically, he's given up his platform for Bromani, for... Look at what happened with Mina Kimes, and all of that started from him putting her on the show. Bomani, Mina, yeah. he's done it for Amin Al-Hassan. Like, he continues to do... Even the fact that he gave up the local hour just for Mike and Billy and for everybody there to do what they do without him... He's basically given up this week. <laughs> anyway. He's given up this week to Bomani and to Dominique Foxworth and for John Amici and for Mina and for uh what was the OJ Simpson lawyer? Was it Carl Douglas? He's given up the week yeah. for minority yeah. voices. Who by the way, I can't listen to Carl Douglas talk. No, too it's much. it's great though. <laughs> Why is he talking? It's great though. Like it was <laughs> so dramatic. It was so dramatic. You didn't love that? He was saying everything I feel like, in a talking point. I feel like Carl is better for TV. That's all. Well, I, I enjoyed the hell out of that like, on Friday. If I could watch Carl, then I get it. But just listening to Carl's like, Carl, come on, dog. I enjoyed the hell out of that on Friday. But it's all about giving them the opportunity, though. And yeah. that that's what he's been doing. And all I'm saying is I feel like the ringer could have easily done that and all of this have been avoided. Even if you have, like I'm saying, Rosillo could have been saying this exact same thing, but if D-Ray was on that call with them, this goes over completely differently. I just don't think that if Van was on the call with them, they just hired Van. This is what this. this is what you brought Van in for. The week now, the week before, Bill Simmons had a podcast on the Rewatchables with Van Lathan and Wesley Morris on Boomerang. It made me rewatch Boomerang. <laughs> I just said, wait, you could call them for this? But this one, they don't get Bro, the call. Bro, you have Jamel Hill, who was forced out of ESPN because of what she was saying against Donald Trump. Like, it's so easy. It's so easy. Jamel, Wesley Morris, Van Lathan. We, we don't even have to go further than that three right there. That three right there. You know what this is like? And, and I, I just want to, like, sports, sports this again. 
This is like when the Chiefs weren't using all their weapons in the first half versus the 49ers. Yeah. And now you're in the second half, Ringer. Now use all your weapons. Let everyone go. Let, let Shay Serrano go. Shay Serrano, who's infamous for, for tweeting, fuck Donald Trump and anyone who stands with him. Let Shay go. I, just be like, Shay, just talk. Bro, like, I, I, I don't get it. And they know they missed they they miss the mark with it because, like you say, they've, they've been trying to recover from that. But this is a very dangerous time to be missing the mark. That's all I'm saying because the news of this moves fast. Like, people are having trouble sleeping. This is all people go to sleep uh, thinking about. It's all you wake up thinking about. I've said many times that I worry, like, what have I missed once I've fallen asleep because something may be burning, yeah. something may be destroyed. So the news on this is shifting quickly. And when we look back at this, you want to be on the right side of history. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it for um, this week's podcast. It's hard to talk or even try to encourage the audience to listen to anything else. Um, but for me, that's all I got. Another rough week, and we will see what next week holds. And listen, those are uh, my last words. And at the end of this podcast, no one cried, so that's an achievement as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forget. Well, next now. next time we'll have Kaizen on because he said he he said he now has takes now. So what has happened since the last part is he's listened to uh, Between the World and Me, right? Tanahasi Coates, and so now he has strong uh-huh. takes. Apparently he wa- oh he listened to the audio book. Yeah, apparently now and now he has now takes. he wants to live in Colorado. I don't know why. He's been looking up state gun laws <laughs> and he wants to live in Colorado. I, I, you gotta let him explain it to you. Okay. Okay, I have, you know what, I'm going to text him right now, but I'm just ending the podcast. Everyone, please stay well. Yeah.